Acquisition 360 is a late-hour initiative by the Office of Federal Procurement Policy to improve communications between industry and government. It's a good idea as far as it goes, but my next guest says it could go a little further. Here with details, the Executive Vice President and Counsel at the Professional Services Council, Alan Chavotkin. Alan, good to have you back. And this proposal, tell us about it and what the PSC sees as ways to improve the idea. Tom, thanks for the opportunity to join you again. So Acquisition 360 has been around for a while. It's the idea that uh, just like performance evaluations, you want to get a full circle of commentary and impact and input uh, as to how a process or an individual is performing. And so we were pleased to see this Acquisition 360 initiative launched early on. Uh, In fact, uh, back to um, March of 2017, Uh, The administration published an advance notice of proposed rulemaking as part of their effective communications between government and industry initiative, one of the several piece parts to that. Recently, they uh, published in uh, September a proposed rule, and yesterday uh, PSC submitted comments on that uh, proposed rulemaking. The rule is really an effort to encourage the use of voluntary feedback mechanisms uh, by federal agencies to support a continual improvement of the acquisition process. And as you said, important initiative, good communications is always a good idea. And we strongly support the uh, proposed rule, but we thought it could go further. Up to this point, most of the surveys have been of government, by government. That is, the government agency would solicit other government organizations, whether they be contracting organizations or program. Uh, with not as much input from the private sector. The proposed rule also stops at contract award, and we think there's valuable information that can be gleaned from winners during uh, contract performance uh, and during the contract administration phase, and also from those who chose not to bid, uh, to understand why they chose not to bid and uh, what the uh, process could be uh, better. This is not a critique of the contracting officer. It's not an effort at relitigating or protesting the individual solicitation, but it really is an effort at trying to look at the process. We've been involved with that for a long time. We'll continue to be. So that's why we support it moving forward. Uh, we're pleased to be able to comment favorably on this proposed rule and hopefully probably won't get to an end game before January 20th, but at least it'll be a solid foundation with the uh, comments uh, going into the calendar year 2021. And as you note in the letter to the GSA that would be implementing this, you mentioned that the Federal Procurement Policy Office's original intent goes back to a March 18th, 2015 memorandum, which of course was during the Obama administration. So it sounds like something that has bipartisan support. Well, it certainly has crossed multiple administrations. Congress has been encouraging the uh, the executive branch, the Office of Federal Procurement Policy, to continue to do the outreach to the industry. And this is just one mechanism for communications. We hope it's not the only one. And agencies do a lot of other things, uh, industry days and uh, other roundtable sessions. So this isn't the only mechanism for that. But this one is uh, more formalistic. It allows you for it to document uh, that input, uh, establish both qualitative and quantitative measures, 
And so it's a, it's a valuable additional tool in the tool chest. Who knows? Maybe we'll get Return of the Mythbusters. <laughs> this was really a, an offshoot from the Mythbusters, again, spanning two uh, administrations. It started under Obama, additional Mythbusters issued under the Trump administration, and you know, the subsequent administration may choose to continue that process. We'd support it. We're speaking with Alan Chavotkin. He is executive vice president and counsel at the Professional Services Council. And you're also expressing concern over at least some gambit by the more progressive elements of members of Congress on the Democratic side to disallow anyone from serving in the federal government who may have served the Trump administration. There's always going to be transitions of people and folks. You want the people in the administration who support the the president's policies. Uh, I'm not so worried that people will be leaving. I'm even less worried that some uh, career uh, staff uh, won't know how to or would not support an incoming president's uh, sets of priorities and policies. What I'm interested in is making sure that we don't deny the access uh, and the hiring of uh, highly qualified people uh, just because of some uh, litmus test or <clears throat> or other de facto disqualification where they work, who they supported in the prior administration or otherwise. Uh, the example I use, uh, I'm an attorney by profession, uh, and you certainly won't want me as Surgeon General. I don't have any skills uh, in that area, not medically qualified, and so you, I'm, I'm looking more at qualifications. Uh, the federal procurement system, along with many other uh, segments of the uh, economy, are regulated by the executive branch, uh, whether that be the Food and Drug Administration or certain uh, medical areas or even the financial world. And uh, I think it's important that the uh, transition folks and the new administration, as they uh, begin to populate the thousands of positions that are available for designation, look for for people who who have qualifications uh, and otherwise uh, impeccable bona fides uh, about their work. And the only caveat I would use there is judges. I mean, there uh, you certainly want highly qualified judges but not otherwise to impose a litmus test on the on the judiciary. Yes, there are a lot of areas that are simply not all that partisan in terms of policy. I think federal procurement probably ranks as one of those, and there could be people that served on the other side in some other administration that would know what they're talking about and could faithfully execute the policies of both the administration and of the law. Sure, or have substantial experience in industry. And as a regulated, uh, as the government regulates, you want people who have a familiarity with uh, how the industry works and what the, the both the obvious and maybe the more subtle impacts of uh, regulatory changes might be on those regulated industries. Again, it's not to say that uh, it, it, to stop or to not pursue policy, but that better understanding uh, from experienced uh, individuals can be very valuable and, uh, and make policymaking uh, more, more relevant and more impactful. And by the way, you said you're not qualified to be Surgeon General, but you are pretty good at dissecting procurement regulations. <laughs> 
Yes, I've uh, had 30 years of, uh, of practice doing that, so I've been pleased with the opportunity to engage in that, and I'm, I'm confident that I'll have uh, more opportunities to continue to critique the executive rules and uh, stay engaged in the federal procurement process. Alan Chavotkin is Executive Vice President and Counsel at the Professional Services Council. Thanks so much. Always a pleasure, Tom. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Podcast One or wherever you get your shows. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person, or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffel Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week, so patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on. And you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.